Welcome to another episode of Let's Get Mental. I am your host, LaGaia, and I am here with my guest, Christopher Florendo. Hello. Hi. I am so excited to have him with us today. We actually work together at NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and we work on the Cal Hope team. So our main thing is to run the warm line, um, which is seven days a week. It's nine to nine. And um, what is it? One to five on weekends. And it's a warm line and a live chat for anybody to call in when they need help. And we also do a lot of outreach. Um, So we have a group of not just me and Chris, but there's a group of seven of us that does this. And so I am the team supervisor and Chris is a support specialist. And I've gotten to know him through the last few months of working with him. And I'm just so excited to welcome him to the podcast to talk about his story. And I know I promised a lot of new guests, so I'm just so excited to have you here. Thank you for coming. Mm, thank you for having me, Lagaya. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really, yeah, really excited to. Drove to, all the way to Orange County from East Los Angeles. East Los Angeles, like, Worked yeah. out at the LA Fitness down the street. No, did like a half an hour of lap swimming. Hey, that is, that's I a love workout. Lap I know a lot of people can't swim for more than like a couple seconds. I mean, I took breaks, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm like, like, let me just do like five back and forth and let me just stop. But it's stretch. what you do to work yeah, out. Yeah, it's what I yeah. do to work out. It's you what know? you do to work out. It's so like being in the water. When you get in rhythm and then your amazing. breath, it feels good. So Chris is here, and I will just say that he, um, all of us are peers at Cal Hope. We all have our own um, lived experiences. So I, as you know, have um, anxiety and OCD, and I had postpartum anxiety and OCD. And the main thing that I want to talk to Chris about is schizoaffective disorder, Mm -hmm. which is something he's been diagnosed with. So just tell me a little bit about your background, where you're Mm -hmm. from. We're both Filipino, by the way, like we said. So, oh boy. Hi. Yeah. So we have that in common too. But tell me about your background, where you come from. Mm Well, where do I start? So from the Bay Area originally, I grew up in Daly City, which is the first city south of uh, San Francisco. Um, Filipino household, uh, you know, went to Catholic school from like kindergarten up until high school. You have to. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's like, and then you have to do the most, right? You have to do the most. But, you know, I played piano growing up, you know, I did all that. I did dance. Like, I was the the, the artsy, fartsy kid. I have a younger sibling um, who was the sports kid. You were? No, my sister was. Oh, the sister was. My sister, I mean, she's still very competitive in that way with her partner. So, you know, she was the sports kid. And I was the the artsy-fartsy one. Artsy-fartsy. Yeah. And so, head in the books, like, that type of stuff. But I can see that now. Yeah. yeah. I'm very like that. That was that studious, you know, kid. Yeah. You know, growing up. You know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. It, was, it was nice. And then high school... And then, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, I'm right now, I guess you could say I'm an, I, I, I work for NAMI. Yeah. been working for NAMI since, gosh, 2019. Really? 
Yeah. So it's been almost four years. Four or five years. years. Five years. Yeah, I took a little break during lockdown, during yeah. like the in the heat of the pandemic. Right. So well, you that know, must have been an intense time. It was an intense time. So I yeah. was the pandemic hard for you? That's the thing. I had that conversation with one of uh our coworkers, um, one of our coordinators, and we were like do you think our mental health conditions or like what we've been through um, in regards to the the trauma that we've experienced or like the severity of our 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 diagnosis, which mine is schizoaffective disorder, and having that period of like difficulty, you know, whether it's, you know, when you know, trying new medications or like symptomatically how intense that could be. Um, did that prepare us for the, the, intensity. Lo- the intensity of yeah. the lockdown? Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? So we've, we've been through so much um, that I think being isolated specifically, I mean, you know, it was ma- a mandatory thing, right? Like mm-hmm. we, everyone stay in, like we, we got to like, you know, whatever quarantine through all that type of stuff. Were you alone? No, I had a roommate at oh, the time. Good. So okay. that was funny. Yeah. My, yeah. So uh, Planet Pancet. Hey. Yay. That's, uh, <laughs> um, that's his family's. My roommate's family's oh. uh, family restaurant in, in West Covina. So good. Planet it's very Ponce, good. West Covina. The best. Very good. But yeah, you know, um, he was there. Uh, so it was us too. So you know, I felt supported. I mean, he got to know me too. I mean, I shared, you know, my story with him. Not in its fullness, but I had to bring awareness to it to a certain degree. Because I actually checked myself in um, in the beginning, in April 2020. To the hospital. To the hospital, to the psychiatric oh unit. Because I, you know, that, that was important for me to do because symptomatically I noticed... You know, my thoughts, you know, this my thought process, you know, things that were coming up. I was like, um, feeling, I'm like, this is scary. Like, I need to check myself in. I should do that, you know? And I did. So tell me, like, symptomatically, mm. what is schizoaffective disorder? So I lean towards more the the schizo side. Okay. You know, it's it's hard to say schizo because there's such a, a negative connotation to that there can word, be. you know, there can like... Because be. people don't understand. Yeah, people don't understand. So, you know, that's why it's so important, like this podcast and, you know, the work I do for NAMI, it's important to this type of representation to know that, you know, there, there are many different people who, who do have this condition and in various degrees, you know, and I, my, my, my last, it's, like a psychi- spectrum. it's a spectrum. It's like, it's just, there's like a whole gray area. It's like this non-binary. It's not one or the other, you know? So, you know, where I quote unquote fall into that spectrum is the more schizo side. So the more pa- paranoid ideation, mm. um, the, the delusional thoughts, uh, you know, at one point there was hallucinations, um uh visual but not auditory um so with that so you were seeing things but not hearing not hearing things so when it all started yeah so i i would this is one point i this is when i was first diagnosed when i was in my early 20s i think it was like 21 or 22 that's when we tend to get diagnosed with all these things yeah specifically like 
schizophrenia, mm. like those psychotic disorders, they usually like develop or like like manifest. They make themselves known, right? Sometimes I like to, you know, personify like them right. because it's like it's a way for me to like identify it, you know, that it exists and it will always exist. So, you know, that insight is important for me to have to to acknowledge its its presence in you know in my life like it's an ongoing thing like i will this this is not something that's gonna completely go away right but symptomatically what i experienced before you speak of hallucinations is where for instance if i was walking down a busy street in downtown san francisco on Powell street you know it's really busy there there would be moments for instance just an example um but what I would see, this, you know, this would just happen even if I just went out to a grocery store. Like, you know, this was after, this was in 2001, uh, right when I had a psychotic break when I was in school and I was home. It's like faces. So, for instance, I would see your face. It wouldn't be your face. Right. But it would be like, it's Lagaya. You know what I mean? That, right. That's That's your image. It's your face. But it was like an apparition of... A face would appear. It was a, it was so familiar. It was almost like a distortion. Really? So it was really wild. Yeah, that was, that happened. For and you just a long started time. like noticing it. Yeah, it was. It just started to appear. And I thought it was very real to me. Yeah, I would assume so. It was very real, but it wasn't real at the end of the day. Um, and this is while you were going to NYU. No, no, that was like that. See the. It's so my initial diagnosis, I'll just backtrack a bit more. It was in high school. Okay. That's when it started to to appear, which was more a more of a depressive, anxious state. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was a situation when I was a junior in high school, you know, where I had a suicide attempt when I was in high school. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I was like 16. I was, the household was really rough. Um, home life was rough. Home life was rough. Yeah, and what I did was like I just I hunkered down. I was school, extracurricular, you name it. I was doing it all, but I wasn't like it was a way for me to mask or like uh you know I was self medicating by doing so much. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I did not want to. I knew something was happening. I didn't have like the language or vocabulary or like these feelings i'm like what is happening you know i'm so sad mm-hmm. like is it you know obviously it was rough at home but i'm like oh okay well why can't i snap out of this like right. you know what i mean like uh so it just started spiral you know and it just made me feel sad to the point where i was like i you know i i had a suicide attempt and so mm-hmm. i was hospitalized you know as a teenager and diagnosed with depression and anxiety. So I didn't take medication. Um, you didn't? No, my parents, because I was a minor. Wow. So they didn't believe in that. You know, they had to consent to that. They had to sign off to that, right? And so that's the thing. You know, it's like yeah. immigrant immigrant uh, family from the Philippines. They were they arrived, you know, and I'm, I'm not blaming them. I'm not... At one point, I resented them very much so because there was so much they could have done. But knowing that culturally, that wasn't discussed. It wasn't like a, nope. a real thing. There isn't like a, I don't, you know, 
I there isn't like a yeah. No, my mom is a nurse. And when I was diagnosed with severe anxiety and they want to put me on medication, she was so against it. Yeah. And I was like, why? And it's just part of this Filipino culture. Stigma, right? Yeah. There's a stigma around mental health. Yeah. That, it's like, you don't, they, no one needs to know this. No, no. You know, cause it make, it makes, it seems like you want to preserve a specific image or yeah. something. It's like this thing. And, and if you take medication, then there's, there's something really wrong, wrong with, you. with you. And yeah. then you become less of a something, person. a person. Yeah. Right? Like, but you're like this, though. You did all of this stuff. Like, you're okay. Like, don't tell your aunties, you Just know, because they're going to... think your way out of it. Pray. Pray. Oh like, do something, you yeah. know. Take more classes. Do this, 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 and that. Like... <sighs> You know, keep yourself busy. Oh, you know, get a job. Memories. You know it, what I mean? Like, it's memories. like, you know, you, you know, you know, get and over you it. you know that that's not going to do it. That's not going to do it. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, let me just, you know, when I was younger, you know, that was my thing. I was like, I'm doing, it's my fault that I'm feeling this way because I'm not following a specific standard that yeah. they set, right? And it's important to, like, keep up that way. Yeah. You know, for me, it felt that way. So I did that and that happened. And so eventually, you know. Kind of evened out. Evened out. Where I was like, okay, I'm cool. This is fine. You know, I was able to leave home go to go to school. That's There's a whole story to why it was East Coast. But that's, that, that's too long of a story. You just needed to go. I needed to go. And I actually um, was in... I graduated from high school in Jersey, actually. Oh, wow. So my senior year, okay. um, I went to Jersey because there was a whole situation at home. It just wasn't good. It just wasn't good. I was. It was me. I ran away. I actually ran away. And so... Your senior year? Yeah, I ran away my, my, my junior year. Your junior year. Yeah. Okay. And I was still going to school, but I, you know that's a whole other story. I'm not going to get into that. But they, they sent me to my uncle, who was like in, in the reserves. And they thought like, oh, they, you know... Straighten him out. Straighten him out. Like, be, be, and I'm also queer. I identify as, like, queer, too. So that's another thing, too. And actually, my family's very open with that. Oh, that's good. Very accepting. Like, yeah, that's... That's That's progressive. It really is. I mean, a lot of people (laughs) in my family, I think a lot of my mom's friends, you know, I was around it a lot as a kid, too. So I was like, you know, you know. That's fortunate. Yeah. So it's good. So that wasn't that much of a issue coming out um i think it was for my my own self to to really embrace that you know i think that was another level that was there that was kind of like eating at me like this or something happening like what what is this but anyways you know it happened in new york where you know i developed a drug habit Mm -hmm. and you know being young impressionable in a big city like that and going to school in an urban campus with nightlife and i also worked in the creative fashion industry there which was really fun but a very toxic environment um but yeah you know that that happened in one one night you know i lived right by the world trade center so i had a roommate we we lived in this building it was really cool but we lived there and we saw the world trade center so i'm just setting up the uh the next you know the, the series of events yeah that led to the initial diagnosis. So, um, yeah, I did some drugs and 
had a psychotic break. So you had your psychotic break. Yes. Which described to people who have n- never gone through a psychotic break. What is it? Do you even know you're going through it? I I thought it was actually happening. So I did some drugs. Who knew? Who know? I don't even remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And all my mind started spinning. I became very anxious. Okay. Very, very anxious. Anxiety is usually the the catalyst, like the, the beginning, the beginning stage. Oh God! Where <laughs> that the anxiety, right? Yeah. Like you could relate to that anxiety and how it like levels up, and yeah. all of a sudden it starts activating other things, like symptoms. Where I'm like, why do I feel like all of a sudden very paranoid? Mm. I do. Was wild because we had windows, windows, windows in our apartment. Then I started to see lights, and I started to see shadows and people at the window. Mind you, we're like on the tenth, fifteenth, twentieth floor. Oh. <laughs> like we were up there in this building. Did you, you know have an I mean? outdoor area? No, we had a little. It's very, uh, very New York. Like um, little patio. We would go up to the roof. Actually, okay. go up to the roof. You could see the World Trade Center. Actually, because that was it was incredible. That's but insane. it's wild because like. I just start hallucinating. That's what it was. I was hallucinating. And I remember one of my roommates came home and they, I thought they were, I thought they were started, I thought they were out to kill me. Like they were out to get me. Like all of a sudden I was like, you are an enemy. Really? I was like, in my head, I was like, I was there. Like, you know, that happened. And I had the break. And it was like right around the new year too. Oh. Like Y two K, like two thousand, like literally nineteen ninety nine. So this is like before nine eleven. Before nine eleven, yeah. So you were seeing the World Trade Center it was right outside wild. here. Literally, I saw it outside. Wow. So things were happening, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is wild." But everyone was against me. I became very paranoid. And did you go to the hospital? What I did, I left in the middle of the night. Okay. I packed everything in hefty bags. And I just, I had an uncle who lived in Jersey. Yeah. So that's where, you know, I where graduated from high school. That's where I went to high school. Yeah. Um, he picked me up and took me back. He's like, what's wrong with you? He's like, I'm so high. I'm like, I'm like messed up right now. And like, when I was there, he took me to a diner and everything started. He just started laughing. I was like, what's this? So it's just weird. So I stayed with him and then I went back home. I flew back home. I called my parents. I was like, this sucks. Like something's wrong. I flew back home and then I just. And you're you know, still having. I'm still having symptoms. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's the anxiety that is yeah. the. So you um, didn't go to the hospital this first I didn't go to the hospital. That you had. No, I didn't. I wasn't wow. hospitalized. I didn't go to a psychiatric unit. Um, I thought it was just it's the drugs. It's the drugs. Like, yeah. It's the drugs. So I went back home and I shared with them what was happening. And I was like, I actually had to do the research for myself like i found myself a therapist i signed up for my i signed up for all this stuff i think my good for you my aunties were telling me one of my aunties maybe you could sign up for this like look this you know but i was like actively looking um you know and i started an outpatient program and that was an iop mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was in um it's an intensive outpatient program for people who don't know what that is it really did help 
But what well, helps to be around other people mm-hmm. and to be in group therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I had a psychiatrist and I also had a therapist mm-hmm. at that point. Um, I did that when I was going through postpartum. Yeah. It helped. It, helped. Mm-hmm. it really did. You know, the, the movie, a beautiful mind, right? Oh yeah. So a great movie. Like I obsessively decoded things and oh. added and subtracted and all these equations like, I couldn't, like, leave the house because, I, for instance, I would see that and then it would scramble and send me messages. And then for me to process that, mm-hmm. I would reassemble these letters. I vividly remember that. And, like, my dad was like, let's go to the park or go to the beach, you know. It's like, and you can get some fresh air and you probably need some exercise. Like, you know, it'd be good for you. Everybody's had a medication, all that type of stuff. And it was, it was hard. Like mm. This medication was debilitating. Oh, it was. Yeah. The side effects. The side effects. That you know sucks. the the psychotic uh, medications and the whole cocktail I had. Blah. Um, yeah, it just made me very lethargic and just very sleepy, and I wouldn't. I was just numbed out. I was numb. I hate that when medications make you so tired. Yeah, and then you maybe just put on weight. Um. Hello. I gained like thirty pounds yeah. on uh, Paxil. I was yeah. on that Paxil too. Well, yeah. yeah, and it makes you gain weight. And like literally, and then I just started eating. You know, the thing is with the decoding, I couldn't leave the house. Mm-hmm. So I, if I were to leave, I would have to recline in the seat of the car and like cover my face because I did not want to see anything. Okay, so where were we? So de- one of my, the symptoms was where I would decode things. So if you saw a beautiful mind, like like words would shift, like send me messages, and I to and like I would calculate numbers obsessively to like rationalize what the I'm like I'm actually just like when I speak of this now, it's like I'm actually literally trying to make sense of what that meant to me back then. Was that a way for me to like cope? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean to like. You know, like, was it like an OCD thing, this obsessive thing that I that I did to kind of like manage it? You know, I I don't know. I I don't know what it is. I'm trying to. I mean, it doesn't make sense because you don't have those symptoms anymore. I don't. So, a when's big, the last time you did? Not to rush you through the story at all. No, we'll I back. think like 2006. So a while ago. A while ago. It yeah. just like. Because that was a very specific time, too. The, a, a big trauma happened there. And that was a huge turning point. I think it was an incredible turning point, actually, despite the the, the hardship of it, the intensity of it. The, tr- the, it's the biggest trauma I think I've ever experienced in my life. You know what I mean? But In 2006. In 2006. I think that was a huge turning point. I don't even want to say the first thing that comes to mind a blessing in disguise but I, I don't that i wouldn't wish that upon anyone right um or have anyone try to fulfill you know uh, you know trying to kill yourself right and the, the thing is it was a psychotic break that happened i had my anxiety built up and same thing yeah you just same spun thing. out i spun out and it was based on reaction and you know it was uh, i'm not gonna go with in too much about what that incident was, but it left me in a hospital bed. You know, I was in a hospital bed for months. 
couldn't move. I was completely debilitated. Couldn't do anything. Oh gosh, Several gosh. operations. Like it's a, a huge ordeal. Um, and I was like, why am I even here? Why, why, why did not I quote unquote succeed? But something happened there that I'm so grateful for. Yeah. Was I think the medical staff was incredible. And the things Where it, were you? I was uh I was in a hospital. It was I was uh, the um like where in the country? I was in the Bay Area. I was in San Francisco. Okay. So I was in the back general home. back home. Yeah, yeah, I was in the Bay Area. I was in San Francisco. I was at the general hospital there. Um yeah, I think uh you know, the decoding stuff I don't even recall it happening there. Um I think the initial trauma snapped me out of something, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't even leave the house at one point because I would be so, I would have to recline and like lay back and cover my face. Cause I would, I couldn't license plates. Oh, would drive you nuts. Oh my God. Like, I'm like, mind you, I drive now. Like I'm on the highway. It's like, that doesn't, yeah, I didn't want to see billboards. I was so overstimulated. Like, everything was, like, coming at me. Was this, like, like, during your break or before your break? In 2001? When you were doing this in in the car, when you had, like, right oh, before. Oh, 2006. Yeah. That was before. So you were kind of having these symptoms. And so you have these symptoms that happen to you. Mm-hmm. And then it's just whether or not it progresses into... Like a break. A break. Yeah. It all starts with anxiety. Oh, God. I think that's the, that's <laughs> for me, that's what I always, I, I've noticed is that that anxiety, when it starts to kick in, I don't, sometimes it just, it just happens out of the blue where you're like, why am I, why is my heart racing? Am I dying? Yep. <laughs> and I then it's that. like, right. Yeah. It's like, you know how it builds up and you're like, it's a, pa- you're in pa- flight or flight panic. Like, if you feel like you're going to die, it's like yeah. something like I'm physically, you physically feel it. But in my case, it'll activate something in my mind. It'll, it'll start like, I'll start processing things in a very different way. The par- It really activates the paranoid ideation a lot. Mm. And I've never heard of paranoid ideation. Yeah. It's, you know, it's paranoia. It's like people are out to get me. People are against me. Um, I'm being... Uh, Oh, this it's wild to think about it because it's like, wow. I'm like, I'm not going to get too into it, but I'm like, the coding was one thing, you know. You know where I was like, oh, my God. Like, I couldn't. I'm just like, I, I just have a, I have an image. What this image I have in my mind, I don't even know if it was an actual, but I remember, I don't know if, it, if it's an actual memories or, you know, they're at this point, you know, in a car reclined in San Francisco, I don't know where we were going, but we were driving towards Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on headed towards West Portal. I just remember, because the Muni's there, I just saw billboards and they were just like swirling. And then I would look and it would be a license plate and I would be, oh my God, like what, who's after me? Mm. They're sending me messages. They want me, like they want to do something to me. So I'm like, I don't know what. Wow. You know what I mean? It never was, never was that, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, the incident in 2006, which was 
uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I tried to kill myself and, but it wasn't like I was, it was not premeditated. It was not planned. It was, it was reactionary. How, how do you say like when, uh, like you thought people were after no. you, so you didn't, oh, okay. No, it was it wasn't that. I was in such a, it wasn't even, it felt like a mania, but it was like anxiety. Like, I can't take this mm. anymore. Like, I can't, like, I, I, I can know? kind of sympathize with that. Right? Yeah, I can empathize with that feeling. Where you're like, I can't, like, this is like. like how can I actually physically take this? I feel like I'm going to explode. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? You're, my mind is going to explode. Like, I'm like in danger. Like, what am I going to do? So those were. You know, being hospitalized too, it's, you know, it's a whole other situation. But I think in that moment when I was in the hospital, when I was hospitalized, like, there was a lot of care there. Mm -hmm. And you know, there, were, there were therapists and psychiatrists. I was being treated and, you know, something. You got better. I got better, you know, and I started processing a lot of specific family dynamics mm -hmm. you know where i was like i need to blame some for, for someone for this all of a sudden oh you know what i mean i'm like uh -oh. this is all your fault all of you it's your fault if it wasn't for this this and that i wouldn't be like this this and that i you know what i mean like so it's, you went through like that kind the, of phase yeah it was like oh it's, it's like a grieving yeah the stages of grieving yeah. you know who i was anger, anger. Yeah. like it started to it's grief like sad yeah, yeah you know um you know but you know the, at one point i had to learn how to walk again oh so gosh. you know this left me broken legs broken back several surgeries i'm like bionic <laughs> i'm metal you would never know chris that's the thing it's like i in regards to who I am today, I'm, you know, I'm still quirky and fun as I was when I was younger. Yeah. My aunties still are like, you're back. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I, they're like, you're, you're that must, back. That must be nice to hear. It is. It's wonderful to hear because I'm, you know, I think, um, you know, part of me, like, I don't want to question, like, what made me want to start to learn how to walk again. Right. Like, I could have made a choice and said, F you all. I don't care anymore. I'm just gonna lay here, and I don't want to. I don't want to exist. Yeah. But I did it. Yeah. I literally had to wear like this plexiglass bodice to support my torso because, you know, I my lower lower lumbar spine was broken, um, you know, and legs and feet and ankles. So I think you know. But you wanted to get better. I think yeah, something was like I'm gonna do this. Wow. I want to do this. That takes a lot of strength. I'm like, I don't know where it came from, but there was, I had faith in myself all of a sudden. Aww, you know what I mean? I like, I'm like, okay, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, so they're like, you're going to, we're going to help you get into this crane contraption and you're going to pull yourself up and then you're going to lower yourself up down into the wheelchair. And I was like, okay, I don't know what it was. I did it, tried, I did it. I was able to lower myself in the wheelchair. Wow. And then they were, I was going around the hospital ward, 
in a wheelchair and they were pushing me around. Oh and I was like, whoa. I know. I, 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 although it, it was tragic, it's traumatic. Like, wouldn't wish that upon anyone or even myself ever again. You right. know, I, I know when the red flags appear. That's great. You know, and, you know, and anything, you know, thank you in those moments where you've showed concern and reached out to me and, you know, because that's so important. I was like, I want a care plan. I want <laughs> exactly. to You wanted me to, you're setting me up for success, right? I mean, like, I mean, you know, in, in, in ways where, you know, I could actually trust you with that. That's so important too with mental illness. Like with peers. With peers. Yeah. Like it's so important we see each other in a specific way. Yeah. I don't feel judged. Um, you know, I'm very open about it on the most part, especially with the work I do with NAMI. Um, I think it's important. You know, I think. I was just worried because I know it's not like you to not be. I'm so present. To not be present. Yeah. I think for me. Knowing that a huge chunk of my life, which was my 20s, mm-hmm. never existed in the way it quote unquote should exist. Right. You know, dropped out of school, like no friends, mm-hmm. you know, no social life. Like turning 21 was not that anticlimactic. Yeah, it wasn't that where I'm like, oh, we're going to have the, the we're going to drink and do this. Uh, da, da. Like, yeah. you know, I never got my license. You know, it was a big thing. I was like, I eventually got it. Like, yeah. I have it now. Like, things are incredible. Like, I'm so, like, blessed. It's like a, it's a miracle. It Honestly, is a miracle, Chris. It's wild. Like, I get, like, you know, I get, like, I'm like, I, I cold myself because I'm like, yeah. wow. He's it's, holding himself right now. It's you guys. unbelievable. Yeah. You know who? It's like it, you would never know. No, you would never know. You would never know. Um, you know, I'm like. And you, you know, got to be really like in tune with you to know if something's wrong. Yeah. And I think because we work so closely together in our team, our little seven person team. When one person is like not behaving the way they usually do, I notice. Yeah. You know, and and I was like, oh, you know, am I overstepping my boundaries? Like, should I even check? And then Sally was yeah. like, yeah, you should. I really appreciate that. You know, I think it's important for, you know, even- as I would think if I wasn't exactly, you would you would be like, look, well, I are you yeah. okay? You yeah. Know? No, it, it's. It's important, you know, to check in on each other. Yeah. And even with friends and family. That's why I family. start every staff meeting with a check-in. Yes, like, it's so good. I'm always wanting to know that everything's, like, everybody's okay. Because I can tell, like, people are off. And and when people share things, I feel really, like, you know, you know, really lucky to hear, like, those insights into their lives. Yeah. You know? And it's, like, it's, you know, it makes the team stronger. Yeah. And, I think so. And you lead that. You lead that. So, you know, and I'm I'm there to support you in, in that as well because I'm like, you know, it's it's not an easy job that we do. No. You know what I mean? And it's like, but what we've done is like incredible, you know. Yeah. You know, with the challenges that we do face individually as as people, as peers living with mental health conditions that vary in degree from each person. But I think 
you know, all those like nuances and quirks, you know, that make us who we are. But when we bring it to the table, it's like, you know, things can happen. Magic happens, but it takes, it takes a lot, but it's, Magic happens. you know I what I mean? That. It's like, it's possible. Yeah. It's really possible. I, I hold that true because I believe in that because I've, I'm, I've, I've overcome so much so mentally, much. emotionally, and physically. So much. Like, where I'm like, oh my goodness, like if I'm able to survive this and continue to live my life today, I'm only 45 in April, you know what I mean? So it's like, I would have never known that I would be doing this podcast. I would have never met you. You know, I would have never been, yeah, Nami would never have been, who knows, really, I can't even, like, that's all in the past, like, those are memories, like, those existed, you know, and here we are today, like, sharing this moment, and I'm I'm sharing the story with you, and I'm, I'm really grateful for that. I'm grateful, too. You know, and it's like, wow, you know what's huge, too? What? This is a big thing, especially when it comes to um, therapy and psychiatry. Mm Mm-hmm. When I started to go to the county uh, mental health clinic, San Mateo Mental Health Department, I, I always uphold them for what they did for me. I had a Filipino therapist, Filipino therapist, and a Filipino psychiatrist. Really? And that's that... like cultural competency. I really advocate for that. Every time I present, I'm like cultural competency. That's like it's amazing. so important to have someone from your cultural background. Especially in the mental health industry, because they they know they're from the culture, they know the upbringing, you know, and I, you know what I I've mean. I've never even come into contact with a Filipino therapist or a Filipino psychiatrist. They were incredible people. Wow! Sh- shout out to Cat. They're no longer they're Cat and Doctor Chrysostomo. Like you two are like I swear, if I could like see them, like when I was back home, I actually went to the the clinic. To see if you should they tell them there. about this podcast yeah, if you can find I, them. Yeah, mm-hmm. my therapist found me on Instagram. Really? Via Google, via Nami. Yeah, I haven't even found you on Instagram. What? <laughs> Excuse I'm me. Like, my hoopla oh. to be like dancing around. My friend says like, "Oh my god, your orangutan arms again." It's hilarious. I haven't even found you. Oh my goodness! I looked. <laughs> I looked. I was sure it with you. Okay. Um, I don't have to friend you. I just wanted to find you. Ah, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. You know, I, oh my God, I'm so wild. But I feel like, you know, what, I, you know, what helps me too is like the, the creative stuff, you know, oh. like the arts. Well, that's part of what like, you would never know. Yeah. Because you are so into that. Into and... that. Like I'm, perf- I'm performing. Yeah. Yeah. I've performed like. Tell people what you do. So. Oh my god, I, I get so emotional about it because I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I got tissues. You know, I, <laughs> you <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was actually like crying last night to my 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 friend, um, your teen, your teen, like you know, uh, and I'm you know I'm part of an incredible. I think you met Michaela, yeah, um, who I adore dearly, who I saw yesterday, um, who's half Filipino, half Filipino, incredible <laughs> artist. You know, she is like incredible like yeah something else like i i really really um am grateful for her what kind of art does she do so she's an opera singer um like a professionally you know trained classical opera singer Wow! but she takes that 
and does this experimental sound project. Um, so noise and sound distortion and then opera. So the projects that I've been a part of, the first one, um, you know, how we met, that's a whole other story, but, you know, uh, it was in the heart of the pandemic too, that we it was initially supposed to be a live show at the Red Cap, but it eventually, it transformed into a film, which was an opera film based on Filipino mythology. Oh my God. Um, which one, That's which one so was that? Bakunawa, you know, and she asked me if I could do the movement and choreography to it. And I was like, really? I'm like, I, you know, I'm not professionally trained or like, I don't think I, I'm like, sure, let's give it a Warhol. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I have a lot of friends who are, who are in that we would dance and like who are trained like what am i gonna do how we have to hold rehearsals via zoom yeah oh, <laughs> so I'm God, like, that's true it's wild yeah, yeah yeah so it's like in the heart of the pandemic where i'm like you know i'm like wow but i you know it happened and i would actually performed in it as well um where i did i played the the babylon so in indigenous pre-colonial culture you know the babylon was the kind of like the uh the the shaman like spiritual guide presence who the tribe or the community went to for guidance i guess you could say like a healer of sorts and that's which is ironic right because i feel like giving because now you are sort of a healer right and, and i think in in that sense is where i can really empathize to a specific degree. I, I, I see beyond like people's preconceived notions of, you know, I, I see the humanity first and foremost and the, and the struggle with that, you know, and just giving my own, my own lived experience. It's kind of like, I know that whatever hardships that you've been through, like, you know, the diagnosis, anxiety, uh, postpartum, OCD, like all that stuff, like, but the mere fact that you're 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 leading us, you're mm -hmm. uh, with Cal Hope, like family, like I mean, like you're you're doing so well, like triathlon, like you're like, you're gonna be running the marathon, like half marathon. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you know, it's like you're despite that, you're not the diagnosis. No, we are not the exactly. Diagnosis. We are not the diagnosis. It doesn't. It's we don't. It's not who we are. No, it's not. And that's not us. That's not. That's we're we're. It's not one dimension. We're we're. It's, it's something not one that it's something that affects us, uh -huh. and that can be part of us. But it's part of like they say your lived experience. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's in, that's where the stigma is lies too. Is that it's like it's like oh. You're anxious. You're schizoaffective. That's you. That's, that's your you. identity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, not at all. No, it's like, it's wild because it's like the way it's portrayed in the media, you know, people that visually or like what they, what they could Google or what comes up in their algorithm and it becomes a meme of sorts, you know, and it's, it's rough to know that that's why it's so important to do this podcast and to represent and to actually share my story is to, to break that barrier of what people may see. Can I ask? So since that 2006 incident, 
how well have you been? Like, have I've, there been other oh incidents or have you I've been only like leveled up? That's good. That's great. I've like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Struggles nonetheless. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, gosh, you know, after that, I learned how to walk again. I remember my first step, you know, I had the, the braces. Yeah. And I felt like my whole, my, like my, my whole skeletal structure was going to collapse and it was going to melt into the ground. It was intense, but I did it. You know what I mean? I did it. And, um, you know, that was, you know, gosh. So, I, you know, I, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, right? Mm-hmm. 2006. It's, it's almost going to be 20, almost 20 years, 20 years, you know, yeah. I mean, 18 years ago, 18 years ago. Yeah. You know, that's wild. So. Yeah. You were still yeah. in your twenties. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, but I got better. Yes. So and I, I, I was making choices. Like I was, I was learning. You chose life. Yeah. You chose to live again. You know, but in, in the in the video for Inner Own Voice, you know, one of the 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 peers who speak in the video, they said, you know, you know, whoever this all, I always like go back to that whenever I present for Inner Own Voice is that moment in the video for I believe it's for. Really quick, section. let me just say in our own voice is something that NAMI does where we have a few people that are trained speakers that talk about their lived experience and they go out into the community and they do that. And Chris is one of those people. So, you know, that's, that's an incredible, oh, excuse me, <laughs> opportunity um, because for in our own voice, it's so important to like speak up. Yeah. Right. It's so like. To show people. To show people like a whole different, which you may, you may, and that's the thing. It's like, we're so made to believe or conditioned to believe that if one thing is that, if mm-hmm. if I, my diagnosis is schizoaffected, that's all it is. That's all I am from that point on. I, which actually I felt. Sometimes like, you feel that way. Right? Yeah. It's like, if that's my, that's a, that's an end, that's the end game right there. I'm diagnosed. My, my life as I may want it to be or hope it to be will no longer exist. It will, I cannot achieve anything. I won't be able to move forward. That's, I'm all that. That's all I'm going to be. I'm going to be heavily medicated. Um, I'm going to be in my head having all these symptoms and that's going to be my life. But every, after that incident, every time up until my thirties, I started going out again. You know what I mean? It was wild to like, I'm like, I'm gonna go out and go dancing by myself. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay. I started meeting people. I became social. Yeah. But I was still, I was still, I was still anxious though. I know when I was anxiety, this is for Uber, right? You know, Uber or like um, for cell phones, any of those apps, like your apps, I'm gonna hail a cab. Oh, and really? so I live, I, I live really close to San Francisco. You yeah. know what I mean? So I would just hop in a cab. I literally have cabs, right? Funny. And whatever. Cash. <laughs> so I would hail a cab and like, hail a cab. You know, it's, that's funny. Uh, but I would go home because I knew that, okay, something's happening. So I was building awareness. I was stepping out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And like, okay, little steps, little steps, little steps, little steps. And I was like, oh, here I am. Okay. I finally got a job. For a long period of time, I did not have a job. It was hard to find a job. It was hard, you know, but, you know, I'm 
I worked in a furniture for a quick second. I was working what? Uh furniture store. Oh. Moving furniture. Oh, hey, was, it's work. It's yeah, no, yeah, but I'm just like physically I could do it. Yeah. That's the thing too. I'm like, I was like, how does my body After all, that, all of that? Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, what wait? I'm like, I should be careful. Well, I was careful, but I'm like, I'm getting stronger. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, let me let me try to go to the gym. Let's see what I could do. Mind you, in that period I gave I was 300 pounds it was like a 42 44 waist and so a lot of the creative work i do is you know if i'm performing is based on like my how my body will tell a story like in, mm. in regards to movement mm. um and, and that is a, a a thing where like the the mere fact that i could dance or move or do any of the things i do physically um, whether it's in performance or whatever, whether it's what, what I did for, um, for, uh, Bakunawa, where physically I, you know, it's going to be online again soon. And I was actually one of the, you know, for the Filipino American, uh, the first Filipino American film festival in San Diego. They, they picked it up and streamed it. There's a Filipino-American film yeah, in San festival? Yeah, in San Diego with the first annual. In, in they held it in like, we debuted it in 2021, live streamed it through the Red Cap. We should do something for that about mental health and Filipino like, yeah. culture. I think there should be a full document. You know, a there should full be documentary. Like, there should be something about it. And I think like... I think every, every, you know, uh, you know, even, you know, with Nami and Cal Hope and like given the opportunity to, to now do these events of sorts and, and framing it in mental health, you know, it's so important and like culturally, like, you know, our communities and how, you know, despite our, how, where we live, how we see the world, and, but it all, we, it all intersects at the end of the day. Mm -hmm care is so important right and where does that care come from you know and self-care you know, self like i'm you know I, i'm not gonna say I, I completely did it on my own but i had the support of many different people you know my family of course i'm not going to discredit them for for you know what i mean despite the hardships we've been through for family to experience to see their child in these various states of oh my gosh i can't of imagine. psychosis and physically disabled and like step by step like them being there for me even in even in, in our differences like you know part of me i'm like oh it's a whole process of like accepting the um they're human too you know yeah. what i mean these are things that they did not grow up with i can't you know part of me was blaming them like you didn't know this so why didn't you know this like tell me so you just let this happen yeah. you let it happen no 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 right that whole that's a whole process of like you know, finding a way to, to to blame someone about it, like playing the victim. Yeah. Victimize. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, it's like, it's easy to fall into that trap too. But it's not going to help anything. It's not going to help anything. You know, I'll just, I, you know, keep on maintaining that. And then, you know, and I can use, you know, yes, it's a severe diagnosis, but it's not, you know. Be all, end all. Be all, you. end all. And also it's like, just because... I can't use that as an excuse not to do something because I know I'm fully capable to, but there should be a limit to how much I do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I know I'm capable of doing this. I, this work I do with Cal Hope and Nami, I'm fully capable of doing that. 
I, whatever the creative work is, but I know how I, you know, I'm like, you know, if I do start feeling, I can't, you know, all of a sudden drop out of sight as I, as I, as, as I do, I tend to become very isolated. I, I self-isolate myself. I contain myself. Cause I'm just like, I'm doing too much and the symptoms are appearing and Starting, I need, yeah. you know what I mean? So I need to like really piece it out. Which I've done, you yeah. know? Well, what kind of self-care do you do? The exercise is exercise. so important. That's the lap swimming. Number one thing, too. It's huge. Um, my gosh. The Korean spa. Korean spa. <laughs> you know, I've say, taken Zubini's at the Korean spa. Say, this guy is at the Korean spa, like, Y'all need to, like, sponsor. You see me in, like, my scrubs at the Korean spa. Like, they're, like... So like, where right. am I today? I'm That's there. Right. I know. We're like, where are you today, Chris? Like, I, I'm here in... At a cafe. In, at a cafe. Or at a, a cream You know, I'm like, and people around me, they, you know, whether it, work is important, routine is important. Um, gosh, cre the creative life is important, you know. Um, I think that having to show up for something and yeah. being accountable <laughs> is so important because it's like two ways because it's like you're showing up and you know that you're obligated to be somewhere but also whoever you're showing up for is also waiting for you and watching you and looking at you and making sure that you're okay yeah and that's what i think cal hope that team of people has been for each other in different times we've been like the people that we show up for yeah you know and i think that that's I, one of the beauties of like what I do right now is like to be able to kind of shepherd that, you know, and I've, cause I've been a leader like many times in my career, but like, this is so different. It's I mean, different. this is wild. You know, I've never worked in, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, in this type of field before, you know, it's something that I, I was, was wanting to pursue in the past. Me you too. know, I never really finished school that might be a, 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 a next step who knows but i'm like do you know what i mean do it's it, like working it. in this like dynamic it's it's wild because i'm like wow you know this is straight up pure run you know mm -hmm. what i mean and like given the oh gosh it's incredible i'm like okay here we are we're gonna do this and we're gonna do it and we show up for each other like you know in various degrees where i'm like oh my god this is like you know, and 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 doing the work. Not only you know that, that you know that is having responsibilities is huge. Yeah. Knowing that I could pay bills. I mean, this is very like adult things. <laughs> that I mean, I, I don't want to work. I don't want to have to pay bills. I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to like car stuff. Like I don't want to have to pay for an oil change. I mean, change. You know, I like, but like, I would have never. You know, although those are, is a part of life that, you know, it, it sustains a livelihood, right? It, it, it gives me, yeah. But at the same time, I would have never thought I would have that opportunity. To do it this way. You know, way. to do it this way. Yeah. Like, those are very, some people may take that for granted. You know, I think because I never thought it would have. I would have never had like a life itself, like whatever, whatever that means for an individual. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm actually, I'm living a full life. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. Chris, you, you're like, definitely living a full life. It's, it's a dynamic one. It's a, 
lively one. It I, I, There's so many different people in my life that, you know, including you, the column too, near and far. Like, I don't, what I do experience from people, from you, just to be like seen and heard, just you know, that is just like so important. Mm-hmm. You know, I there are so many different things in that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be about mental ill mental illness or a mental health condition, you know, and, and, but at the same time, like I'm worth it to have the mic passed to me. I mean, quite literally here. Right. And, yeah. and, and, and have that opportunity to share who knows, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, who, who would have known that this would be the outcome outcome of all of that, the, the product of all of that, turmoil and chaos and heartache and trauma oh my gosh what you just said turmoil chaos heartache trauma that was me that was me like three years ago you know and to think that just within three years now i sit here with this mic across from you working how i work in what i'm doing it's amazing it's wild and it's and i'm so grateful I'm so grateful, you know, I don't make the money that I made in um, corporate and all that, but it's just not worth it. I mean, this is so much more fulfilling, you know? Yeah. It's like, and money comes when you're happy. Yeah. You know, know? it's like whatever opportunities may happen, they'll, they'll happen organically because you're living your true, you're being your true authentic self. You're, you're showing people via this via just you know via your your work with calho visibility yeah you know what i mean like that's of in extreme importance i think that's how sally found you too through your via your podcast mm-hmm. and how that like was like oh my god like i am what yeah like you us yeah. nami they're, 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 like when you connect the connect dots everything and how how the what what you've done and what you've been through and how it's if you were to just connect the dots it leads to here like it's like a map roadmap yeah you know what i mean and it's like where you're like oh my god okay here we are you know and but it's, I, like, it's, I don't it's so know wild. like what the future holds you yeah. know i don't know because you know this cal hope contract is ending at the end of april which is wild and crazy and i don't know like what's happening after that but i just know that we will be repurposed in some way that will be meaningful yeah and that it's not going to be over Mm -hmm. because i've sort of discovered a new career for myself yeah and i think for you your life is so i mean don't let me speak for you but i feel like your life is very full now it is. I don't fall into a despair about it Mm-mm. or this disparity or this like scarcity mindset all of a sudden where I'm like, oh my God. It's like, I can't, I can't even, I don't, it's, I won't even know what happens in the next 24 hours. It's so like an intangible thing, right? You, I don't, I'm like, I'm not, and that's the thing. I'm able to rationalize. I'm like, of course, my mind may tell me one thing, but it, it may not be that. 
but you know, all I know is is now. But but the the faith I do have in myself and the people around me, and and what they're doing and what we're doing, what you're doing, um, you know, in in the midst of so much cultural shift like it's incredible like with everything but, that's going on yeah with everything that's going on it's like there's a lot of chaos but even within that oh my god like good things are happening it's so important to know that in the small in the in the nuances it's like what you know it's like the eye of the storm right it's there's a common the eye of the storm right like, like that tornado whatever like mm-hmm. that's where the that's where you know it's the essence of what it means to be human and and, and and like actually wanting and actively making the change you know planting the seeds of that mm-hmm. whether it's in the work we do at nami cow hope and with this podcast or or whatever creative work endeavor i do will touch people in specific ways that will it's like it's a ripple effect, right? Yeah. Little do we know whatever whoever we come in contact to with, whoever comes in contact with me, like there's an energetic exchange. Something will will influence us in a specific way to to want to be like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Or why what makes you feel this way about a certain you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's it's good to to pull up to the mic like this and, and have this conversation um and see where things align mm-hmm. you know and and you know, yeah i'm just like what do you yeah. like let me ask you before we kind of wrap things up here because i'm like wow it's already been an hour and 10 minutes because we could go on forever yeah. you guys we could go on forever <laughs> um, I'm like, I'm but, like, i want to know more i know you, your your journey your your own journey too because i'm like no, I know you've been in your podcast, you speak of it so much, but I think that's, you know, to do so is so bold, you know, to, oh, thank you. it takes a lot of courage to speak up like that. And especially on, 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 on a, you know, a platform, but it's like, it, it does. Well, it's very vulnerable because it's like letting, and you are also being very vulnerable and letting people know, you know, like, especially like, you know, my community, um, that I worked with for like 15 years who could probably never tell that anything was wrong. But when I had my postpartum, that was like something that I could not just heal up from and move on. Like Mm. I felt like moved to act. Like I Mm. felt like I needed to tell my story. I needed to let people know what anxiety is and what it feels like. And just this, this is kind of what I was going to ask you is like, I felt like I needed to contribute to making people more aware of what mental illness is and what it isn't, Right. you know? Right. And I just felt compelled to do that. Yeah. So what I wanted to ask you is what do you feel like is missing in the conversation that we need most today? Gosh, there's there's a lot. I mean, there, yeah, there is, is a lot. A, <laughs> there is a lot. Um, it's like, how much time do you got? I'm like, there's a lot. There are many, many, many things. Given that Los Angeles is the disparities are incredible, I think you know what Los Angeles has to offer, California has to offer, you know. 
I could attest because I was in the public system, right? I mean, it's what you it's what you put into it. It's like you know, if you're if you go to a specific, you know, you, it's what you, the work you put into that as well, right? It's not solely the the programs, you know. The, That's so interesting because right? I was definitely in the private system when yeah. I went through my thing because I had great insurance, right? Yeah. But not everybody has that. Exactly. So you so, went through the yeah. I mean, the thing is, I I had insurance in my early twenties. My family was able at a certain point it was cut off, so I had to go into the public system. Mm-hmm. But lucky enough, I with the San Mateo County Mental Health Department, that was. I fell in the right hands. That's I great. was, you know, and that's incredible. But the disparities are when you think of marginalized communities of color. There are so many different systems that that are that are accessibility. You know, you the QT, the queer, trans uh, people of color. Like, there's so many disparities in in so many different ways and access. To them or education mm-hmm. um to them and and and, the, and within the disparities that is the the system itself you know and nami is a huge advocate in reform for for that there's so many different things that nami does do policy wise yeah. to to promote and, and and promote change and reform in that system um not to say that more can be done um but you know, it takes a lot of action and it takes a lot of action from the community itself to 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 bring people to the table to have that discussion, mm-hmm. right? And even within your own communities, it's like those things are not, there are other stigmas culturally where those barriers within communities that need to be like with the Filipino community said that, that need to be those barriers need to be broken and have yeah. these conversations. Yeah. And then from there, you know, that comes right. Uh, you know, it, it's, there's so many different barriers to, to, to break through. Yeah. To, to, you know, it starts at home and, and it, 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 yeah, it's, I can just tell, you know, job. from our warm line, like that we have a ways to go. Yeah. Because people ask questions and I'm like, Oh, I don't know the answer to that, but let me get back to you. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, that's something I've never heard before. That's a yeah. situation I've never come into contact before. Right. You know, and it's like all the time, eye-opening experience to handle the warm line because it's, I feel privileged, honestly, to lead somebody to a resource to help right. them. Right, right, right. You know. It's like, um, there's so much out there. It's almost you know? too much. It's and it gets confusing. Overwhelming and tired. So when when someone is in crisis mode, they call the warm line. It, 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 you could hear the urgency in their voice, mm-hmm. right? They are in need. I if it is if it's not for themselves, a loved one. It was just gonna say that, or it's a family member. A family member, right? Um, and you know, to, to guide them through that process and also hold space in, in that time where they're, they're feeling such emotion and they, there's a hopeless, they can't do anything about it, right? Yeah. But, you know, to reaffirm them, and that's a choice if we would like to share that it's what the hope is, like what the story is, like it's possible. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. That 
you can make an effect. And sometimes I, I know for sure that I don't hold the key or the answer. This is this the trajectory I was on. You know, that's something that I had to find for myself. You know, I created that map, right? And the tool that all the all the tools like I I I had to learn that. And everyone is going to have their own approach, but what we do is kind of like guide guide them and then send them off, right? Send them off and hope for the best. Hope for the for best, them. you know, yeah. and that's the best we can do, right? But it's not an end-all for them as well, right? It's possible for them to find the necessary. They have to take up the... They have to take up the, ne the next, you yeah. know. The right <laughs> thing. Yeah, what the, is it called? The baton. The baton. Take it and run with it. And it feels like... But it gets exhausting, right? Like, And that's why they can call back. Or they could use another resource, right? And they do call back. Yeah, they do. Because sometimes we become not their friends, but well, sometimes we have to stop that. But um, sometimes we just become <laughs> the people that they turn to and they need, and they know we're going to pick up the phone. Yeah, you know. And it's that's you know I've used warm lines myself. You have. You know, yeah, I've used warm lines before. It was nineteen eight. I've you know I've used that. I've used. You know, I've called the Trevor Project before. I've called, oh, okay. you know, I've called various different warm lines and hotlines. When I had uh, private insurance at one point, I, I called their psychiatric helpline mm -hmm. for sure. And I think I was one of those people who almost called every day. Really? And I, they had to stop me actually. So I was like, I kind of like, I, I, I yeah, they're not my therapist, but I'm like, they're there, you know, to for to hold space, mm -hmm. you know. So, and that's what we do. Yeah, and it's amazing. Yeah, still, like I don't think anything is going to change at a pace that we all would want for ourselves, our families, and for people here. I will say that I think treatments are coming a long way. Yeah. I think that with the onset of ketamine and psilocybin and just all the research that's being done i definitely think that that's why you can't you can't be down on medication <coughs> if you need it you need, you it. need it and there's great medications out there mm -hmm. now which is yeah. thankfully and i think in a few years hopefully some of these treatments will be covered by insurance right they're not right now yeah but that's another thing hurdle that we have to go over there's a lot and there are other things too in regards to like self-care there's a whole holistic point of view there's that too you yeah. know i mean i you know i there's traditional and non-traditional they all work together you know the medication and then the exercise the the, yes. the therapy and then the, the mindfulness practices and meditation you know that mindfulness and meditation practice is only being uh uh like shored up in therapy, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's complementary. Mm -hmm. You know, so whatever like movement practice, creative arts practice I have, that's only a part of your of treatment. My treat that's a part of my treatment. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's my treatment plan, right? Yeah. So, you know, that that's what helps me. So and you're like, saying like it's a combination. Combination. Of oh yeah. yeah. And that's someone, you know, you know, and it's something I love too. Yeah. It's a passion too, right? And I'm like that you know, and I'm like, okay, that's that's a part of it. Like, if that's helping me, let's do that. The yeah. medication, I had to get on a, a, a new medication now. You know, I had to take a new one because do I was, you? yeah, I started a new one, and it's helping. 
But I don't, I know that I don't have, it's not a permanent thing, which is great. I have to take my medicine this morning. So (laughs) that's what we have to do as peers. I'm like, take your medicine, drink your water, eat your lunch. Oh my God. Get on the treadmill, take your walk, you take that. I've always, I think when we first started, I was like, have you, you need to take a bath. You need to go to the spa. Take a bath. So have yourself a glass of wine. Yeah, all that type of stuff. Have yourself a glass of wine. No, I'm a big proponent of that. I actually think that that's just fine. You know, and it's like, yeah, I can go out to the club and dance. Like that will I want to just leave it there. And you don't even need like alcohol or anything like no, that. No, I don't. You, know, you just I, like go no. out and have fun. And fun. It's like I and in the moment is like I it's I there's a joy there that I thought I would never experience. Oh, you know that. what I mean? It's it's I think that's where the the natural energy comes out is from gratitude. Yeah. You know, it's that like, yeah, I think I've repeated so many times. It's like, I, you know, because the impossible became possible, you know, I could slip on my dancing shoes and, 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 and dance around all night long. Yeah. You know, when I thought I wouldn't be able to take, put one foot in front of the other, quite literally. I you mean, know? I so thought it's like... I was going to lose my family at one point, and now when I spend time with them and I mother my daughter, I mean, just, like, when she calls for me or when she needs me, like, being there for her is something that I feel like is such a blessing. Yeah. Because I got through, like you said, the chaos, the turmoil, the trauma. Like, mm-hmm. that was so perfectly said because that's how it felt. And it, it really feels sometimes like... You're never going to get up. You're never going to get out of it. But oh, you, yeah. can. you can. You can. You, know. you And you will. You just have to. It's in you. Yeah. It's within you. Nobody yeah. can hand you that strength or that, like, drive to get up and go forward, yeah. you know? And that's, like, you had that. You had that in 2006 when yeah. you got up and kept going. You kept going. And uh, and you're like one of those people now where I feel like that's you. You get up and you get going. I get going. Yeah. Keep it moving. Keep you it know? moving. Yeah. <laughs> so I love it. Like, I love it. You know what I mean? It's like, you the know. The best and, energy. And, and it comes, it's intentional too, right? Yeah. And it's like there's purpose behind that. You know, I think, you know, stepping out of the door, you know, what, what is that? The inner own voice thing is like, you know, the she commit to life, right? If yeah. you were to watch the video, the, the, the pure who was speaking in the videos, I, I had to commit to life or my therapist wouldn't work with me. I had to commit to life. Yeah. I had to take the risk of live to take the risk of living. Yeah. You know, it is a risk to live, especially with a mental health condition, mm. because it's like, who knows? Like, I, mean, I can't live in fear of these symptoms, Yeah, but I can't push them away either. No. I can't deny that they don't exist. I can't maintain that, that 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 pattern of just brush, just like you don't you know, don't don't ask, don't tell. Like you don't don't talk about it. If you don't talk about it, it no longer exists. No, it exists. It's a real thing mm-hmm. that I live with. You have your own specific lived experience. I, I'm not going to suppress that. Yeah. I need to acknowledge its existence and know that it's. I have to work with it. You literally, have to work with it. It's like you know, I am the boss, and that that. Diagnosis is my employee. You know what I mean? I have That's to manage you. That's a great you. way of winning it. Treat it like a business. So Recovery International is a support group that I was a part of. I highly suggest it. 
because it's like oh yeah rec- yeah everybody says recovery international is great so the, what if they have these these sayings like treat your mental health like as a business. Like a business that's so good you invest in so true. your mental health if it's not within the resources that are are not accessible to you there are ways but it's difficult right yeah. you'll have to come up with them you know we find out what works it's it's so easy to say that people will find that out for them so i get frustrated about it but i think if you have to be committed to it committed you, you do have to be proactive proactive yes you, you have really to be. have to be proactive and i think that alone is a privilege in itself having a mental health condition because some you know the the levels of it well some of the world's greatest leaders have mental health conditions that they live with and a lot of the reason you know that they are successful and they are leaders is because they are proactive and they are committed and they do show up and they show up for themselves yeah and you have to show up for yourself you know you have to like value your own life no yeah. one's gonna do that for you right right, right. you know yeah, yeah. and it, that's gonna be okay yeah you no know, it, it, it's it's gonna be okay you know if i have to learn that that's what people have to remember yeah. that, and be told that yeah. it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay and it's okay gonna is be just okay fine. guys it's gonna be okay okay is good <laughs> okay is good yes you yes know? Even if there is like, what do you mean by okay, though? Can you go into depth about okay? I think it's fair sometimes just to be like, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because like, sometimes that's all you can all be. You can see, all you can be. In that moment. You that's know? just fine. I don't have to be excellent all the time. I have to give you a whole, like, <laughs> I have to go into, like, a whole, like, monologue or soliloquy about how I feel, like, how grateful. But I'm like, if I could say I'm okay. I get that's mm. how, you know, that's all I. So I if I text you and you say you're okay, you really are okay. And I will, it, <laughs> the thing is like, you if you see the text, okay, you see, you know, you can see when someone's replying back, right? Yeah, yeah. If you can see it, go, go back and it's forth going, and stop. Going, 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 yeah. Going, going back and forth. I'm, like, I'm trying like, how am I going to, what, what, how am I feeling? Like, am I going to open up or am I just going to put okay? Right, like I think you know, and also I want to be be mindful of what you may be going through too. Like I'm not just going to trauma dump on you all of a sudden and be like, "Hey, I haven't heard from you. Are you okay?" Like that one time when I had the trauma thing happen to me, and then I had to text you and tell you I can't talk to anyone right now. Yeah, I ask. I want to ask for your consent. Are, are you capable to hold space right now? Yeah. Because if you need to be present for your for yourself first and foremost, so you mm-hmm. can be of service to others, right? Absolutely. And I, it's not fair for me for you to be concerned, and all of a sudden, it's not a gateway to like I, the floodgates. All of a sudden, I'm like everything comes out. Yeah. I don't, you know, I. That's also a learned thing too. Yeah. You have to learn that. That also consent so important. 
when seeking support because everyone is going through a specific thing in their lives, right? Plus, some people just don't, they just blow through that and they never then, think about, like, can this person actually take my shit right now? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how are Excuse you? Excuse my French. <laughs> I think Brene Brown speaks about that a lot, too. I think that's something I've, I've you know, yeah. like empathy. Like, that's, you know, that is, you know. And and it kind of sucks when your your best friend is like, I'm sorry, but I can't be there for you right now. But I love you. Go use the resources that you know. Find somebody. Find else somebody. Who can yeah. Be there for you. Yeah. You know, and you have to find that support group. And not everyone's gonna be there for you. And you sometimes you know you'll love them. They'll be in your life. They'll be your your homegirl, homeboy forever. But sometimes they they you know that you can't really turn to them for that. You know, and some friends that I've had to drop in my life, unfortunately, are the ones that never ask for consent or think about consent or think about whether or not I can hold that space for them. They just dump. And yeah. I, I just get to the point where, like, this is not a two-way street because I never do that to you, you yeah. know, and I'm consent is so important to me. Mm-hmm. So I just have to, like, not have those relationships anymore. Yeah. Boundaries. Boundaries are so important. Yeah. You know, I think... That's another thing too. That's an ongoing process of learning too. Like how to set those, and oh, they're specific God, so for different hard. people too. In in my life, it's so you hard know, for me. Someone will need very clear cut, you know, and that goes for myself too. People, please tell me, like, I, if I ask and like you say you can't, I'm like, I have that is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but I have to respect that. You know, you know, yeah, it's hard. It's hard out there it's these days. There. You it know, is. I think. No, but well, you know these are you know CalHope call. I mean those are other resources too. If you can't, you no know, one in your life literally call one of you. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if like if all else fails, there are warm lines and hotlines out there for you. I always used to think who the heck is going to call a complete stranger and talk to them, and I've learned so much from managing the warm line that like. Oh, people do call. People do call. They do call. Oh, yes. And I, and it's I like on the last podcast said the first night that we opened it, we had 74 calls and live chats from random people. They're from all over the country. All over the country. I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of what we've done. Because it's like, yeah. I think there's a lot of, you know, whatever may happen afterwards. I think the, uh, the indelible mark that has been left with the warm line. With the warm line. I just like we've we done. Did. I think it's just like it's good. It's good work. I hope that Nami Greater Los Angeles keeps it in some way. I hope they keep it going because there's people that mm-hmm. need and then call. So yeah, I think you know. I think that uh, it's not only you know the our lived experience that brings us value to you know in this in this conversation in the mental health industry it's knowing that there is so much untapped potential Mm -hmm. that has existed in a lot of people prior to the initial diagnosis or, or or symptoms developing that sometimes they just need a fair chance to get their foot back in the door and start picking up where they left off yeah and nami has provided that for me like Mm -hmm. i am like okay this is a a pathway to not only employment but an actual career 
Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, like, thank you. I mean, for... Nami is a nationally recognized, I mean. It's not, it's not no small potatoes. No, it's not small potatoes. You know? I'm, I'm like, very proud to work for Nami. Yeah. And it's like, I, you know what I mean? I'm in, in the faith and belief in whatever skill set I have. That's like. I have these responsibilities. I have to show up. I have to produce the work. That's I have to I create said, the work. Full time. I was like, "This is the only thing." Yeah, you've got to show gotta up. Got to show up. <laughs> you cannot disappear. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm here for that. Yeah. You know what I? I, I you know, my one of my friends, Marisol, she's like, "Stay in your bag, girl. Like, stay oh. in your bag. Like, focus." Yeah. Because she's that's like, a great way of. She's putting. like, I know you could do. You do the most. Like, you're very talented. But you can't do all of it. No. Because focus. Because what happens? Okay. Yeah. Now you're stressed. Like now you're overwhelmed and you're bur- you're burning yourself out, and that's not good for your mental health. No. Right. So it's like, what do I, what what can I do? What is necessary? This work is necessary. Yeah. But in the midst of this, things are are manifesting in what I love outside of the work I do that I that I want to, they're actually becoming a part of the work I do for Nami because I'm, I'm also advocating for it as well yeah you know whether it's yeah. the creative process whether it's movement dance whether it's LGBTQ plus issues like that is like a very necessary conversation to be had too when you're talking about resources and disparities and you know and having the opportunity Absolutely. to to collaborate with Rise and whatever may may happen um, the Rotary Club, the inclusion and uh, uh, inequality uh, division of that, like there are many, many opportunities to bring people to the table to have that discussion in regards to, like you asked before, what are what what are the changes and disparities and to to accessibility and resources, mental health care for specific communities, and like how we're gonna ha- how we're, how is this gonna happen? And like you know, it doesn't happen overnight, but it's like. We're making it happen. We have to, like, you know, this table, this is a global table that everyone mm-hmm. has the opportunity to pull up to, and we need to make that accessible yeah. to them. Yeah. And give them a chance to, to you know, I can't speak on a beha- behalf of a specific community and their needs because it's not my community. It's yeah. not my my culture. It's not my but background. But we have to give them the mic. Yeah. Because so yeah. I, I I'm not going to know... Ultimately, I can't speak on your behalf and think I know what you need. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have to say things that I think are necessary for you to. Uh, how you should take care of your your, your dog, right? I'm mm-hmm. like say if you don't know, da, 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 like so. In in outside of that, no, no, it's like you know what's best. You live, you know, in your home, like you know, right? Mm-hmm. But. If there is something that needs to be done, like, oh, obviously you need to step in and be like, so I need this. I need this type of support. I need this type of accessibility. I need these resources. And I need this type of assistance. And the people in leadership have to hear that and make the act they 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 need to take that and they need to really be champion that. Yeah. And they need to uplift that. And, and I they think need it's to getting, take the I think that's getting mind. better. Yeah. It it's is. Getting better. Well, 
let's see, we've, we've gone on. So I just, let's see in closing, mm-hmm. what about, what is your, what is your like closing remarks on like your journey and what you would want people to know in like a sentence? I'm like, I'm a limit. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> you're all oh, a sentence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it doesn't have to be a sentence. Like, how much like, memory do you have on your heart? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. It's still going. It's still going. I'm just saying like in one like, sentence. In, in what, like it doesn't what have to I? be a sentence. So like, what would your final statement be? There is hope. Mm-hmm. But to have hope, you have to have faith in yourself. Mm-hmm. Faith is key. Um, faith in yourself. Faith in knowing that it is possible for you to show up, um, to pull up to the table and to offer that to other people. It To have faith in, in the team that you're a part of and the leaders who guide that team, to have faith in them, trusting them that they are, yeah, that it's possible and encouraging that faith in the community you're a part of that they are they're doing their part not only for the community but for for themselves too actively doing that the commitment to do so as well mm-hmm. commitment faith they all lead the angle is to is is that beacon of hope yeah you can't have hope with all these other steps oh thank you chris Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Mm. And I just, I, I, you would never know, but I'm so happy that you shared your story today. So thank you. No, oh, no, thank you for having me. It's a, um, it's an honor. It's a, it's a privilege. It's, I've been very grateful. You know, uh, yeah. Hey. Now let's get some Filipino food. Yes. Some lechon, lechon kawali. Yes. Some pancit. Okay. Okay, guys. Um, we're gonna wrap it up here. But um, thank you, Chris, for coming on again, and thank you, for me. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, if you want to reach me, you can reach me at Lagaya Means Happiness at gmail.com. I have not changed that handle yet. Um, you can. Also follow me on Instagram at Let's Get Mental, but two S's. So it's L-E-T-S-S-G-E-T-M-E-N-T-A-L. Let's Get Mental. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm on TikTok at Let's Get Mental as well. So um, until next time, I'm not sure whether I'm going to have a guest next time or if it's just going to be me solo, but I'm looking <laughs> like, solo bolo, but I'm excited. <laughs> solo bolo. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And what? Solo? What for, more could you want but I'm just like, me? <laughs> you know the guy who got this. So I'm not sure yet, but I'm looking forward to seeing you again soon. So thank you and have a great rest of your day. Bye.